song. And thank you, choir. I say this sometimes when I, I don't have as many people to talk to, but um, there's no better way to prepare your heart and mind for worship than singing in the choir. It also prepares you for each liturgical season, and you never feel like Christmas sneaked up on you. <laughs> it's also a great group for um, prayer. They'll pray for you. We laugh together. And if you've ever thought of singing in the choir, just let me know, and we'll talk about that and when a good time might be to uh, jump in and bring a friend. So the choir pretty much gave this sermon this morning, and I'm still going to keep talking to you. But as they said, love each other as Jesus loves you. Be God's church. This morning, scripture tells us, by loving others as Jesus loves us, they will know that we are his disciples. Back in January, our church leadership teams met to talk about hopes and plans for this church and for each person who enters it. And a large part of that conversation was about what it means to be a disciple. And this is one of the descriptions that we talked about that stands out. Being a disciple means walking with Jesus, doing what Jesus does, seeing others the way Jesus sees them, loving others the way Jesus loves them, and forgiving others the way Jesus forgives them. Pastor Bruce recently preached on the Great Commission, Go and Make Disciples of All Nations. And he talked specifically about the, dis the discipleship that occurs outside these walls. In the scriptures this morning on loving one another and preparing one another so that everyone can be presented mature in Christ is about the training and mentoring and refueling for discipleship. That happens to a large extent inside the church. And back in January, we talked about what people need to experience to thrive as disciples, in particular, what they need to experience in church. And some of these are pretty obvious. Um, I'll go through the list pretty quickly until I get to the one I want to talk the most about. First of all, disciples need to experience worship together and prayer. Disciples need to be studying the Bible and serving others. Disciples need to recognize and cultivate spiritual gifts in themselves and others. Disciples need to be especially good at sharing our faith stories. That's what disciples do. And disciples need to experience healing. We live in a hard world where we cannot afford, avoid getting wounded, and we can sometimes not avoid wounding others. And repairing that damage often requires repentance and forgiveness. And finally, disciples need to experience acceptance in order to thrive. Knowing that Jesus loves you is foundational, but knowing that his disciples, the people with whom you do church, love you and care about you goes a long way in helping you feel God's love. That starts, of course, with extending hospitality. One of the things I love about this church is that we place a high value on welcoming people. First of all, inviting them in. The peace of, and love and grace of Christ is meant 
to be shared. And even if you're concerned that you're putting someone in an awkward position by extending an invitation, if they don't want to accept it, it is worth extending that invitation. At some point, somebody that you've invited several times might say, um, that sounds like something that I need right now. Or they might just agree to show up on a Wednesday night for Wednesday conversations because it's taco night. But they'll probably get more out of it than just the tacos. We want to make sure that everyone knows they're welcome to worship here. And we want to introduce ourselves and learn people's names and tell them that we're glad we're here. But that first interaction or those first few interactions can be sort of intimidating and maybe more challenging than we think. Sometimes people just leave so quickly we don't get a chance to talk to them. Or if you're new here, you don't know who else is new here. You think everybody else has been here for a while. Or if you've been here for a while but you've missed a few Sundays in a row, you start to think other people might have joined the church while you've been gone. And one more thing, if you relocate to another part of the sanctuary where you haven't been sitting for years and you're not in your quadrant and you see someone that you don't know, you might start to second guess yourself and think, what if that person has been sitting on the other side of the sanctuary for 10 years? But you can always say, it's good to see you and I'm glad you're here. After people are welcomed in, we want to foster Christian relationships. That's part of acceptance. Finding out what we have in common and what makes each of us special helps us to recognize our spiritual gifts and how we can develop them and use them to glorify the Lord. And also fostering Christian relationships just means making some new friends. So how do we ensure that people have a meaningful discipleship experience here at St. Luke's? One very significant component is participation, showing up and getting involved. And I am very impressed with those of you who have come to St. Luke's and quickly found ways to be God's church here. And your leadership and participation is valued. And if you're in a season where you find that you just need to be able to show up and listen and meditate, your presence is valued and you're part of the group too. I'm going to introduce an analogy here about the group. There was a man in the metro area who coached groups of people who wanted to train for a marathon. His name was Mark, and I know that some of you know him. He observed that while completing a marathon is a solitary event that you do on your own feet, having a group with whom to train is amazingly valuable. The training plan involved um, working hard on your own during the week, but then gathering on Saturday morning for the longest distance of the week to run as a group. And Mark used to, I, I can't quote him, but I know he said something like, if you're tired and discouraged and you just want to sleep in on Saturday morning and avoid the possibility that other people will see that you're struggling, then you need to show up on Saturday morning for the long training run because you need the group. You'll see that other people are struggling too, and they're still showing up, and there are people who can share tips with you about how to keep making progress, and you will be encouraged. You will realize that you can accomplish the goal that you've set. You need the group. And Mark, the marathon coach, also said, if you feel like your training is going great, and you're highly motivated, and well-rested, and well-nourished, and confident, 
And you can accomplish that long distance on your own because you don't really need that group on Saturday, then you still need to show up for that Saturday morning group run because the group needs you. You can inspire people and encourage them and cheer them along. Now, if you're really doing great, you want to share your experience with some humility and empathy for those who are struggling. But the group needs you. You see the parallels between what I've just told you about a group training people to finish a marathon and a church training people for discipleship. You have to do some things yourself, but there are immeasurable benefits to being around other people who share your goals. And as Christians, you need the group and the group needs you, probably all at the same time. On our own, we might go through times that are so hard that we feel separated from God, even though intellectually we know the Bible tells us nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. But under certain circumstances, it can be all too easy to feel that God is distant. If you're experiencing grief from a loss or anxiety or panic attacks, depression, chronic illness, if you have caregiving responsibilities that just go on and on, or you're experiencing addiction, or some kind of learning difference that makes you feel like you're struggling with something that is easy for everyone else, or something that you don't think anybody else is experiencing, it can feel like God doesn't care that much about you. So what can make someone's drowning in hardship, what can help them know that God cares? The group of disciples, you and I, can make the difference and remind someone that they are not alone. Not maybe so much by telling them Jesus loves you, but by showing them and loving them as Jesus loves them. By checking on them. By being glad to see them when they're here. Praying for them. And by including them. We all need the group. You might be as spiritually healthy as a human can be, with a deeply connected prayer life and consistent Bible study, but there's always more that you can learn from other disciples. And what you gain by showing up might be something that you don't need right now, but you'll need it sometime in the future. And later you'll look back and realize that God has been equipping you each time you showed up. You may be better prepared to overcome disappointment or to make hard decisions because you witnessed how someone else handled a similar circumstance. Maybe how they struggled and suffered and didn't find much relief, but still eventually made it through something terribly hard and kept showing up. And you'll recognize that part of God's purpose for that person's life was in how the example they set back then is helping you now. And as for the group needing you, you might feel like the group could not possibly need you because you're struggling and haven't figured everything out. So welcome to the group. Each person here always has something to offer. On your worst day, you might be the best listener, and that might be exactly what someone needs. And when someone else looks back, you may be the one who set an example of how to get through something hard that they wouldn't face for years to come. They'll remember how you persevered, maybe how you remained focused on what was important or how you requested prayers and relied on others, or how you found certain scriptures that buoyed your spirits, how you continued to show up at church in the midst of your own crisis, or maybe 
how you just survived through that crisis. And they'll be inspired by something you did, even if you think it was nothing, that all you did was just show up. They'll know they're not the only person who ever went through the hard times. And of course, you don't have to be experiencing hard times in order to help people. And there's more, than we, more that we can do than just show up. The church needs people to serve in many different ways. And one of the ways we can all serve is we can be people who pray. We can pray for other people. And we can pray for the church. And I'm going to ask you to do something specific this week. Back in the spring, Bruce led a really great uh, great series on prayer in the Wednesday night conversations. And we learned some life-changing ways to broaden and deepen our prayer experience. He mentioned something about taking your church bulletin and praying through it. Praying for each event and person mentioned praying through the words of the anthem and each part of the worship service, each role that people fill in the service, praying for each of the staff members listed. And it it provides a really timely, specific prayer map. So I hope that each of you will pray for the church this week through the bulletin. And as you pray for the church, I pray, um, pray that like the Apostle Paul, we'll experience God powerfully inspiring energy in each of us for preparing each other to be mature in Christ. That's one of the ways we show love for one another. Something I need to mention, doing life together as disciples is not without risk. Anytime you're communicating and interacting with other people, there's some risk. So we know that we'll mess up, we'll hurt each other's feelings, and in those messy times, we'll extend grace because we know that as Christians, we are all aspiring to be like Christ, and none of us have attained that perfection. We won't abandon the church upon learning that there are mistake makers among us, because that's not a surprise. We all have to pray for forgiveness every day. We'll apologize and repent and forgive as God forgives, and we'll keep moving forward. We'll rejoice with the rejoicing and weep with those who mourn, and we'll keep being God's church on and on. A few weeks ago, uh, Blythe observed that this church, St. Luke's, is such a grace to each of us. And if you're new here, we want it to be a grace for you as well. We're excited to share this church with you. Many people have prayed here and served here for over 100 years to offer this church for all of us who are here now and for people who are not here yet. And the founders knew And we know that people will know that we are Christians by our love for one another. They knew that you and I would need the group and that even when we feel really lost and broken, the group needs all of us. Let us pray. God, we thank you for being an almighty God who inspires energy in us to strive toward helping each other helping each other grow in wisdom and be mature in Christ. We thank you for each other, and we thank you that we get to help each other. May we be refreshed and energized to be your church. In Jesus' name, amen.